The Gospel according to Mark, chapter 13. Jesus said, But in those days, after that suffering, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branches become tender and it puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows. Neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his servants in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening or at midnight or at cockcrow or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. Dear friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from God, our Creator, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today is the first Sunday of Advent, which is also the first Sunday of the church year. Happy New Year. Church time is always a little bit different from the general calendar. Church time is just a little bit strange. But if it keeps us off balance... That might be just what we need. For one thing, the church year always begins at the end. Every year, no matter what we might be seeing or experiencing, whatever state the world is in and however we feel about it, our worship life together begins with words about the end of the world as we know it. Words of apocalypse just like the ones we heard from Jesus a moment ago. In those days after that suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will be falling from the heavens and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. To be perfectly honest, this has always seemed like a strange pattern to me. I have yet to find an Advent calendar that starts with a little piece of chocolate wrapped in the words, but about that day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven, nor the Son, only the Father. I have no Christmas ornaments which depict the stars falling out of the sky or the Son of Man coming in the clouds. And, to continue being honest, in this particular year, Standing at this particular moment, the very last thing I really want to think about is an apocalypse. These are hard days. 
as the virus numbers skyrocket and we change our plans again, as we acknowledge that continuing distance from, a one, from one another is both necessary and painful, demoralizing, as we prepare for a holiday season apart from many of the people and the traditions that bring us joy, I don't know about you, but I feel tired, sad, weary, and there are those whose weariness is so much greater. Healthcare workers, those who are unemployed, anyone living with depression and anxiety, teachers and school staff still trying to find their way through, anyone without a safe place to live, just to name a few. To varying degrees and for a lot of different reasons, there's still a general truth. We are not okay. All around my neighborhood, Christmas trees and lights have been going up at a remarkable pace and unusually early. A lot of the light displays are bigger than most years, and I'm guessing that they will stay up longer than usual, too. And no, no, I am throwing no stones from my glass house. We usually wait until December to put up our tree, but it's gone up this very weekend, and we'll be listening to every Christmas song we can find, and I'm not sorry at all. There's nothing wrong with our desire for joy and hope. With finding the best ways we can to decorate and enjoy the homes we are spending so much time in and celebrating the best and safest ways we can. We find ourselves turning inward, in part because that's how we protect ourselves and others from a relentless virus. But maybe we're also turning inward because our weariness requires that we be gentle with ourselves and others. That we let go of unrealistic expectations and say no. That we rest and allow others to rest because there's still a long road ahead. At the same time, that inward turn carries dangers. We might be tempted to give up because we're weary. When the road ahead seems that long, we can find ourselves ready to quit. When we look around and we see the brokenness so built into this world, into its very structures, we can throw up our hands and declare, there's nothing that we can do about it. Nothing makes any difference. But when we do, along comes Advent and its gifts of persistence and patience and stubborn determination of preparation and expectation. Along comes Advent and its visions of an apocalypse and the beginning of the end. Although, is that the gift we really want right now? I've said it before, I've even said it during this pandemic before, but it's worth saying again. Remember that apocalyptic literature in the Bible, that is, stuff about the end of time or the end of the world, whether it comes from Jesus' mouth or the Old Testament prophets or from the swirling visions of the book of Revelation. Apocalyptic literature is not there to scare you. In spite of popular books and movies about the end of days and a series of terrifying events where people end up in heaven and others are left behind, that is not what biblical apocalypses are about. Not at all. Apocalypse comes from a Greek word that means to uncover or reveal. 
So an apocalypse is something that shows up to tell you the truth or reveal to you a reality you may never have seen, to show you something that's always been there even if you manage to ignore it. And yes, that can be scary, earth-shaking. It can feel like the ground is shifting under your feet and it can definitely make you weary. But its purpose is not to terrify or paralyze you. Its purpose is to help you get ready, to focus your vision and teach you what to look for. Its purpose is to give you hope. So Jesus said these things about stars falling from heaven and the Son of Man coming with power in a time of significant upheaval in his corner of the world. By the time his words are being written down, say 50 years later, things had not improved. A cruel and callous empire ran roughshod over nearly all its citizens, except those lucky to be wealthy enough to protect themselves. And then right around that time, the temple in Jerusalem, the center of Jewish worship life, was destroyed by the Roman army. This was catastrophic, earth-shaking, and terrifying. And the people wondered, where is God? How do we have hope when everything we thought we knew, our patterns of life, and the structures we didn't even know we counted on, disappear? One of the features of most apocalyptic passages in the Bible is that they actually seem to fit almost any time in history without too much effort. So they cause us to look at our own world and its own broken, hurting places, and we instantly recognize the anxiety and fear those first century folks must have felt. Because people have felt that same resonance for generations. Because apocalypse is never done. It's never over or complete. Partly because we will always find ways to hide from truths that feel overwhelming or our own part in the injustices that we hate. So are we, you and I, living in an apocalypse? Yep. We are seeing the world as many of us have never seen it before. The deep divisions in our nation, in our world, We are seeing how the systems that protect some of us do so at a terrible price for others. We are seeing that a global pandemic impacts everyone, but not equally. That climate change impacts everyone, but not equally. That safety nets are available, but not equally. It's earth-shaking, and it might make you weary. And Advent teaches us that's exactly where we begin, at the end. At the end of everything that dehumanizes and belittles. At the end of self-centeredness and lies. At the end of cruelty and racism and sexism and every wall we build between ourselves and our fellow human beings. Every single one of whom is just as beloved to God as we are. The end is where we begin. And the end is earth-shaking and not a little bit scary, but it is also reason to hope. Because Advent will take your hand and lead you to a God who chooses not a palace but a manger, 
Not the halls of power, but the meek and the poor. Not just the brightness of the stars, but the deep, quiet beauty of the night. Advent takes us to a God who points to a fig tree and says, do you see how life is hidden in these dry winter branches? So too, you will find me where you never thought to look. Advent is not about preparing for something that happened a long time ago in Bethlehem. Advent is preparing and waiting and expecting and anticipating, persistently hoping and looking for that same God of the manger to be born again. To come to us in our weariness. To lift our eyes to the promise of what is yet to be. A God who knows that We are absolutely going to fall asleep, but who insists on whispering in our ears, what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. So yes, it's the beginning of the end. But, says Advent, but, says Jesus, in the end is your beginning. Thanks be to God. Amen.